Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Time continuum engaged, and welcome back to another edition of The Playmakers. Happy to see everyone back at our agreed-upon time, socially constructed time of 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, my name is Lindsey Brown over yonder. I'm Adrian Hernandez. And we are The Playmakers. We are here to guide you through the next couple hours of the abyss that is your life and fill them with sports and other stories that I refer to as other things, and uh, you know, I'll send you on your merry way and... Hopefully, better for it at the end of our wild and crazy experience that we have here each and every weekday, 3 to 5 p.m. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. And I have a lot of energy for some unknown reason. This is true. Maybe it's because you rolled it at like 1 today because you're running a little bit behind. And so you're just that that anxious energy. I'm you're caught just, in the, the moment. Cortisol, the cortisol is definitely pumping. No, facts. You know, I'm caught in the moment, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. happy for you because I know this is a big week for you, of course. Masters week. Yes. So yeah, so good vibes and beautiful weather. I can't complain. It is incredibly nice out right now and we got to enjoy it while we can here in Las Vegas because we're like, what, eight weeks away from the furnace. And so, uh, you know, face first, back in, either way, we're going to get fried right up. Uh, But in terms of what to expect for your side dishes today... Uh, in just a couple minutes, we're going to get into our can opener here, and it's a real doozy today, guys. It's going to be fun. Uh, Trista Crick joins us, as she does each and every Wednesday. Uh, she actually did this week because she's not sick, which is great to hear. And uh, we get deep into Masters talk and a little bit of uh, some NBA spirited debate, one could say. Yeah. That discussion little... debate. I wasn't prepared. It was kind of sad. I'm like, hold on a second. Right. Our best friends beefing right now? Uh, yeah, what's happening? It's it's a weird place to be, but uh, we'll, we'll close out our, our first hour here with uh, some more glory stories from my high school golf days because we're setting the stage with, with the Masters, as you mentioned, Adrian, Tigers involved. We'll have a, our, our selection of Tigers, my, at least my favorite shots from Tiger. Uh, I don't think I'm doing that big of a deep dive for anyone, but the thing is about Tiger Woods and those transcendental talents, it doesn't matter how many times you watch the clips. They're goosebumpies every time. No facts, especially like uh, as we found out earlier, the ASMR uh, started with golf and some of these highlights. Oh, was that an actual fact? No, no, no. It's just it, it's a playmaker's fact. Okay, fair um, enough. We have to start writing those down because people <laughs> will like ask to check our notes. And, and, an and Adrian our fact, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as long as you have it written down somewhere uh, and say it's an authoritative, authoritative voice, people are going to believe you. No, that's honestly, what they just do with the history book. Because if you know, if you debate it, you go, Lindsay, look it up. 
And yeah, you just look bypass. it up. Just, you it. know where you found this. It's you know on where the to internet. Go. It's the internet. Why would they lie? Just go search it. Find that taskbar. Um, in our second hour, we'll uh, do a brief little Vegas Gold Knight Canucks pre-scout because they're playing again tonight. They're actually at T-Mobile Arena. I'll be heading down there after our show today. But, hey. you know, they just played a couple days ago, so there's really not that much to glean from that besides you know going over that overtime win and that covid schedule is odd because this is like the second time in a couple weeks that they've had yeah. the weekend and then wait till wednesday for yep. a game a lot of teams are going through that because all of us are living in the same reality that yeah. uh, still exists with with covid uh somebody that knows just a, a very unique existence within covid is tim neverett the voice play-by-play voice of your Los Angeles Dodgers. We're the home of the Los Angeles Dodgers here on 1140 The Bet all summer long. He joins us to give us a little bit of a Dodgers preview as their opening day is slated for Friday in Colorado. And then we'll wrap up our show uh, with Adrian giving us a little bit of a, of a final preview of the last few days of the NBA. And guess what? The Lakers were eliminated! One of the biggest disappointments. And you know what? I didn't even mean to do this, but just like in honor of those Lakes... I think it's time to crack it open. It's time for the can opener. We're talking about the Black Sea, people. You're good, Lindsay. I am very good at this. Yeah, when my cortisol levels are down, you'd be surprised how much more we can go through in our minds. I'm coughing, so that sucks. Um, But in terms of my exploration of the TikTok, still coughing. I come here and I see on the playbook that we're talking about the Black Sea. And this is what happens when I show up at 1 p.m.? We're about to get educated? Absolutely. I'm down for this. Because I've been spending a little bit of time on the talk. I'm not just going down the, the weird rabbit holes where it leads me to nothing and, and, no, and doing no good, but actually some educational information. This comes to us uh, via the account at Geo, Geodesaurus, G-E-O-D-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Uh, the bio says... Um, yes, hello, I'm Geo, Great Lakes enthusiast, artist, teacher, she slash her. Here's a little two-minute clip about the Black Sea. So, is it not working? Um, it appears to not work, although... That's problematic. Kind of, because it's, 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 it's all we got. Yeah, hold on one second. No worries, because... What she does is that she just tells random stories, random facts, like two minutes videos about stuff like Great Lakes erosion or the Utah Lake artificial islands. I think we're I think we're ready to go. Are we? Or maybe loons. I mean, I was just about to get into the loons, which is the Minnesota State birds. But let's talk about the Black Sea. Um, yes, hello. It's Spooky Lake Month, where we're doing 31 days of haunted hydrology, and today I want to talk about the shipwrecks at the bottom of the Black Sea. What you may not realize is that the Black Sea is an extremely strange body of water. With a depth over 7,000 feet and some very unusual water chemistry, this is the perfect place to bury history from the ancient world. Scattered along the basin are some of the oldest shipwrecks ever discovered, preserved against all odds for some 2,000 years. The Black Sea has existed in one form or another for up to 250 million years. Around 7,000 years ago, it was actually a freshwater lake that was then flooded when the glaciers melted at the end of the last ice age. The floodwaters connected the Black Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, introducing salt water through the Bosphorus Strait. The Black Sea is still fed by freshwater rivers and streams. 
Therefore, water flowing in from the Mediterranean Sea is much saltier and therefore more dense than water flowing out of the Black Sea. This is why the Bosphorus Strait is stratified. There's an underwater river of dense... Okay, a lot of big words flying at us right now. Facts! Be like, seriously, when I'm watching this, I'm like, whoa! But honestly, it makes sense. It makes total sense. And we're going to continue to play the rest of the clip, but I, I, I want to make sure that we're going to pause and... and, and, and make comments on what we're learning here because this is some deep dive stuff like the fact that she can kind of put all this into, a, into an informative tiktok i think is amazing like this is this is exactly the type of creative energy that i want to try to capture in some way shape or form but in terms of like the stratification of whatever the bosphorus the i'm gonna call it the bosphorus that means you have you have either i think she said salt water on top and fresh yeah. water down below and so it creates like a barrier between the two like just think about you're like water Except it's not all the same. Just at this lake, just this one lake, that you know that used to be part of this bigger lake. Well, it's a sea now. It used to be part of a lake that was part of the you know ice age. And 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 just just for uh, for people and, and the children listening, um, according to Ask Jeeves, um, <laughs> <laughs> somebody woke his ass up, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have you been doing? Get yeah. a job, hippie. So, so when it comes to the Black Sea, uh, it is a marginal Mediterranean sea of the atlantic ocean lying between europe and asia the more you know okay while we continue to play we'll (laughs) let her talk salty water flowing into the black sea and fresher water flowing out above it that's not even the strangest part the entire black sea is stratified a phenomenon considering the size of this body of water Top and bottom of the Black Sea do not mix, which means the bottom doesn't get any oxygen, which means that it's anoxic. Some 90% of all of the water in the Black Sea is anoxic. For all intents and purposes, it's biologically dead. This oxygen-free environment is... Oxygen-free environment. What does that mean? That's crazy. Okay, so literally, like, you know, when we talk about, like, photosynthesis and stuff, when there's a cycle... There's no plants or anything growing down there because we can't even get the sunlight. And there's no oxygen down there because our top layer of water prevents any getting down there. Oh, that freaks me out. And so out. anything that's like below that level, it, below the 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 fresh water, it is straight up mummified. Like it's it's stuck. That's what she she's about to get into it. She's just let let her talk. It's hostile to most organisms, including the ones that would help with decomposing wood. Anoxic, toxic waters are how the Black Sea was able to preserve the oldest shipwrecks on Earth, including this wreck from over 2,400 years ago. This trading ship from Greek antiquity is located more than a mile beneath the surface. It would have sank around the same time that Homer was writing the Iliad and the Odyssey. Are you kidding me? The Iliad and the Odyssey. That sounds like it happened. Not our app. Not the app. Not (laughs) A-U-D-A-C-Y. We're talking about O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. Like a long time ago. We're talking about Achilles. We're talking Agamemnon. We're talking. Walking around the outside, around the outside, around the outside, waiting for Eric Banner to come out and say, Battle me, Achilles. I want your gal. No one Anoxic water will also preserve things like human flesh and bone. What? But as for now, we have yet to explore the contents of these shipwrecks. They remain frozen in time, a veritable museum of human history at the bottom of the Black Sea. Eight out of ten spookies. <laughs>
<laughs> Brilliant. Eight out of ten spookies. And Just granted, eight? That, that particular uh, uh, TikTok is from a few months ago during the, the holiday season. But again, this is one of my favorite accounts that I've found, Geodesaurus. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Could you imagine... Like literally, because we, we, we go down in shipwrecks all the time. I mean, this is the premise of, of the movie Titanic, right? We're going to go down, we're going to find the, the, the lost diamond, the blue sapphire, the whatever, the diamond of the ocean. I can't believe I'm not remembering what the exact thing is called because it was like one of my main obsessions as a child. And that was like hyper fixations are a, a huge thing for neurodiverse brains. Like yeah. mine. And so like we have topics that we know almost everything about. Sports are one of mine in case you haven't figured it out. Um, but in terms of, of, I wasn't ever into like rocks or water or anything, but I was very into history. I still am, as we know, but I was, I was obsessed with learning about the Titanic. I was obsessed with learning about ancient Egypt. And as we talk about like shipwrecks, as we talk about like exploration, I feel like we have this, this basically fantasy that's turned into a fetish where, we have like this uh, archaeologist that goes over to Egypt or goes to some place and starts digging out these treasures and takes them back and goes to the museum. And like, honestly, I, that energy, I, I, I want to buy a knife so I can be Lara Croft. That's literally like what <laughs> she does. She like goes through tombs and finds things, but she has like a different level of respect. And I think that's what I've been able to gain an appreciation for at least enough to understand that it's not just a, a fun thing an activity for you know random people to do because at the end of the day those shipwrecks those tombs those whatever are somebody's burial ground or somebody's cultural burial ground whether they intended it to be or not and I I, I kind of wrestle with this now because I, I I've always wanted to like go on a dig and I you could I could have done it in college and I just I, I had too much hockey training of course um but I'm like should I should I want to be like an Egyptologist? Is is there actual added value, like in, in truth? Because there we can make up value for whatever we want it to be. Like, well, this is this is our our, our sarcophagus that we unearthed from uh, one of the the pyramids in Giza. Why is it in a museum in England? No, hundred percent. And know? just paying respect to. Well, and it's it's not just we're stealing your stuff. We're we're commodifying it and making it like i said like a fantasy like a fetish object like look at this egyptian whatever or or whatever like whatever focus you want to do i just use egypt because that was the main one that i focused on and i think that's the one that we all think of because movies and stuff have have of course kind i of love formulated, the mummy the mummy exactly and just we always think oh archaeologists out in the sands out there with camels and stuff like that like we're we are raised on stereotypes and it's our job to break them down or at least challenge them um because you can you can apply this to to so many different things. It's not just you know talking about artifacts. I've always wanted to like go on a safari or you know go overseas and like go to Africa and like go see like all the different animals and stuff. And I'm like, but do I do I I want to go? But like, do I need to go? Because what does it say if we just say, well, we're just gonna show up and we're gonna we just want to see the animals. We're gonna show up in the car and then we'll do it and then we leave. Like it just seems like a very but if, yeah, if there's like a level of disrespect there, I feel that that most of us don't even realize. But I, I think it. I mean, if you're just going specifically to see the animals and you're not trying well, to yeah, hunt, yeah, you're not poaching. Or We're try, not even going there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like that's just appreciating and trying to experience the world. Yeah. And I wonder like when you but talk even about that, isn't that kind of a, a social construct of sorts? It's all driven by business. 
I mean, somewhat. Like, obviously, you're going to have to pay for a ticket and you're going to have to pay to get there and get food and everything right. that you need. But that want or that need, just like how you go hiking and th- th- that's that's technically exploring right. the city that you live but, in. But I could go hiking in any place in this world, but I don't have to go to that trail. And technically, for that to be a trail, we have to make changes. Like, do you think, I, I don't know why I'm, I'm merging this information, but um, somebody, I saw it written down somewhere today about, like, France and post-World War II economy, right? So that place is decimated. That place has been bombed to hell. Yeah. How do you get money back into your economy? How do you How do you do it quickly? You make it a desirable destination. Well, it's Paris already, right? Where it's France. It's different. Do you think that France bombing beside looks different as a tourist destination versus Paris just being Paris for the for the French? Hundred percent. That's what I'm talking about because it, it's not just well. Well, you want to learn. You want to experience the world. You want to do it, but ultimately. You want to experience the world as it is, right? That's the that's the messaging behind leave no trace, right? Don't take anything. Don't don't disrespect the area. What happens when you construct and formulate the area around the idea rather than the idea around the area? No, and I feel you in like I'm Costa Rican and in Costa mm-hmm. Rica there's not – in some countries there's like laws on how much people from outside the country can buy land. In Costa Rica there isn't. So it's guns blazing and everyone's trying to buy it and obviously turn it into resorts or whatever the case may be. Well, and smaller nations like that are are, are beholden to a completely different standards, too, because it's like, well, we can't produce to the same amount of for exports. We can't really buy enough because we don't have enough for exports to bring in imports. So how can we participate in the world economy? Tourism. A hundred percent. But I do think in terms of like nature. Mm-hmm. For the most part, there are some things like if they have skydiving or not skydiving, the the Whale zip lining, yeah, 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 zip, yeah, yeah, all those things. Some of those things they've had to bi- to build, but just like visiting a state park, like they have a lot of rules to maintain. It, it happened a lot in Florida, where like literally in a state park in Florida, like you can go into the lake or the, or the part of water, and there'll be a line that's yellow, but there's no. They, they don't have a fence or anything. and what like literally, Florida doesn't take itself super seriously? No, but I'm saying like they because they don't want – they didn't want to have construction and change yeah. the land. So there's a line there yeah. and there's a gator over there two feet away from you. Right. So you can get in that water. But if that gator decides to do what it does, like you take a risk. But it, it, but my point being like they preserve it. So with nature, that's – it to me, I think for most parts, like they try to maintain that even here in the country and all these state parks throughout the nation. For me, tourism just kind of boils down to – the essence of making the secret spot known and an experience for everyone. And that's a good thing to have too. Like I, I'm not trying to rain on my own parade or anybody else's parade, but simply just trying to be like, so this dream that I have or this idea that I have, where did I get it from? Why do I have it? What could it look like from a, from a different perspective per se? Um, because well, I could eat you alive though. That mind state, like, because there's so many different, like, I just feel like there's so, are you saying like in terms of why you have these ideas because of TV shows and things like that? No, or? I was just trying to segue to go to break. I know I have oh, the sorry. ideas, like I just get them. They just like, I, things just go into my brain and then I make connections somehow, some way. That's one of those great things about the neurodiversity as well. And so rhyme or reason, I'm not really sure if there is one, but I do feel more informed and certainly more enlightened than I did 15 minutes ago or so. And I hope we have the same type of result in our next segment as we talk to Trista Crick in her weekly visit. Plenty to get into NBA briefly, but mostly master stuff. 11.40 the bet. 
bringing the sneaky beavers back to the yard. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Hey, it is the return, the one and only. She's back. She's the host of BetMGM Tonight. She's our NBA insider, Trista Crick. All insider calls are powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Welcome back, Trista Crick. You were sorely missed on the program last week, but you had some big broadcasts over the weekend that you needed to mend for. When does the busy season technically end for you? Uh, Probably now-ish. And then we'll get a, another upswing around the NBA playoffs, right? So this is like a kind of like a somewhat dead week, right? You've got the Masters, but that'll be ch- very chill. That's a very chill thing to break down. You know, baseball season is just getting underway. So that's, that's no sweat. Um, probably the, the deadest time is July, I would say, from July through September when there's just no – no football, no basketball on, and it's kind of the dog days of, of Major League Baseball. That's what I'm going to save for all my creative questions for, Adrian. Like, that's the time that we bring everything <laughs> out of the, uh, the, the bookshelves here. But uh, Exactly. Just to, before I hand things off to Adrian in terms of our NBA conversation, because I'm going to be focusing on golf with you, uh, just to set the mood. Which Black Eyed Pea do you think best manages conflict resolution? Which Black Eyed Pea? Best manages conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Probably Fergie. I tend to agree. I feel like she was probably the one sent out from the group to to manage any sort of conflicts, but usually it takes somebody back up just to smooth things over. But there's there's nothing that executives uh, would would rather see than someone that looks like Fergie uh, when there's a dispute with the label, right? Like if you have to see everyone else or somebody's going in there who's the one that looks like the ninja he's got the he always wears the taboo or apple d app which one i know it's not will i am <laughs> yeah i think it's nabu i'm not sure i don't don't quote me on that anyway he goes it goes in there with a samurai sword up to like their label where who they they were on who were they on at one point they were on they're on their I own level their label. I've, maybe they're so on Timbaland. When they go up to the label and the executives and it's Fergie, I want to say she's got to be the best with, with making sure that things get smoothed out. Definitely. Where did this come from? <laughs> what happened? Don't where, mess where, with where the eyebrow come? piercings. That's what I know. I, that's a rule. Lindsay, um, Lindsay's okay. a huge Black Eyed Pea fan, Trista. Um, I'm getting her I a vinyl. Know. It's sold out. It's on back hold. But still, uh, as we get into this basketball, uh, I need to ask you about what seems like the closest MVP race in recent history. I swear I thought Giannis won it about a week and a half ago, and now Luca's coming here out of nowhere um, with less than a week left in the season. Who the hell's your MVP? Who do I think is going to win it, or who would I give it to? Uh, who do you think is going to win it? I think Jokic will win it. Uh, I think if he won it last year, he's statistically significantly better than he was last year. I think he's the most efficient his PER, his player efficiency rating, at one point, and I think it still is, is the best in history, uh, better than even Wilt Chamberlain. So he's on a team that, although they are struggling down, and the, the craziest part about the MVP race is that all of the rules that we normally ascribe to who wins the MVP like have all been basically thrown out the window because nobody will fall into that 
unless you want to give it to who I want to give it to, which would be Devin Booker, right? So the, they usually go to, like, the top one or two teams in basketball. is usually one of the better players on those teams. So that would be either the Heat. And they've been, there's been so much uh, packed in around the East, it's really even hard to say, right? You could give it to the Sixers, but they're, they're four, right? If you're going to give it to Embiid, they're four. The Nuggets are six, so that's like a Russell Westbrook situation. Uh, the Bucks are third. So that's a whole other ball game in terms of how you want to assess that. I want to give it to the best, most consistent player on the best team in basketball. So that would be Devin Booker for me. I feel like he hasn't really been getting much love. Obviously, Luka has been playing really, really well down the stretch, but he was fat and injured for most of the first half of the season, and they were playing awful. So I think if it was me, I would give it to either Devin Booker or if Jaw would have stayed healthy, I would have personally given it to Jaw. I think, though, who will win it is is Jokic just because he's got the most momentum down the stretch. Didn't Devin Booker only score, like, 40 points over two times this year? Like, he's on one of the best teams, and he has another MVP candidate with Chris Paul. Like, they're the best team. Chris Paul averages, like, 13 points a game. Yeah, but that dude's a difference maker. He's a culture difference maker for that squad. Oh, okay. But the whole thing about Devin Booker is, like, He's the most consistent, highest scorer on the best team in the league. He'd be, he, w- he will be the first person to not get MVP under that scenario. Fair enough. Fair enough. Lindsay's telling me to calm down, so I will calm down. Well, I saw your I'm face when she saw Devin Booker. Well, well, because, I mean, like Giannis, like he had his moment last week when he had the game-winning block and he went up against Embiid, and it was the first time where I'm like, the Bucks haven't necessarily had the best season and Jokic has had to do this with his best teammates being injured, and Joel's had to do it carrying that squad. But Giannis is like the best player, and he's had these moments. And Devin, he should be in the top five. I will say that. Um, but in terms of players that are coming back or rumored to be coming back, we have Kawhi in the uh, Clippers facility being active. Then we got Zion's stepfather out of nowhere saying he'll play this season. Uh, what's the likelihood that they return, and more importantly, should they, considering the circumstance of where both teams are at? So in terms of Kawhi, I was just looking up Devin Booker's stats. Who was the other person that you mentioned? You got, well, the big three, Joel, Jokic, um, oh, and so, no, 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 you're talking about You're talking about coming back. You were talking about Kawhi, and then you said something And else Zion, with Zion's stepfather oh, saying Zion. that he's going to come back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So first and foremost, yeah, Zion's not coming back unless – I, I don't see a scenario that that happens. Like, there's four games, three games left to go. Pelicans are in the play-in. They're probably not going to get into the playoffs. So, to me, that feels very unlikely. Uh, Kawhi's coming off of an ACL that he had in the playoffs last year, right? That was during the second round against Utah. And he didn't even want to drive to go and see. I think he didn't even want to drive to Phoenix at that point because he had so much inflammation so I say all that to say that that was way way less than a year ago right so that was like late June that that ACL tear happened so he's on like 10 months uh, of an ACL so I have a very hard time thinking that he's going to make it back especially when Jamal Murray's not going to make it back and he got he tore his ACL much much earlier in the season than Kawhi did and it's very unlikely uh, that we're going to see Jamal so I don't think we see either I don't think it would be smart to rush either player back I know Zion feels healthy, but we've already talked about this so many times. He's too explosive and too big to be hitting his body and his ligaments 
consistently on hardwood that has no give. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bring either back, but I am excited to see what the Clippers do because Norm Powell is coming back. I want to say tonight or tomorrow. I think tonight off of that foot off that foot. Uh, it wasn't a sprain. I think he broke part of his metatarsal or something like that. So he's coming back and he's a bucket. I really like him. The Clippers could make a little noise. I don't know. They're not, they're probably going to end up playing the Suns, which is problematic for them going very deep into the playoffs. But I I like that team a lot. Just another cost-benefit analysis of returning from injury. Let's switch gears a little bit away from the NBA and start talking about some golf here because, Tristy, you're uniquely qualified to talk about the Masters and wealth expansion as a former caddy, if I'm not mistaken. I am a former caddy. Yep. Let's I'm, lean on all, that it's vision. Your, it's on your uh, – it's, it's basically in your blood for life. Yeah. and One of the more thankless jobs. Absolutely, and uh, I've only had the the pleasure of playing with the caddy once, and it was earlier this this year, and it was a very unique experience. My score did not indicate the additional uh, expertise, but who do you think, uh, with your caddy's eye, is striking the ball best right now at this current juncture? Man, well, you got to give the ball. I think for me, I really like Victor Hovland. He's top thirty in drive accuracy and and driving distance so that's a big indicator in terms of who's going to do well at Augusta also man it's really hard to bet against John Rahm as well um you also need to look at approach play for Augusta so it's one thing to be long and straight it's another thing Mm. to put the ball close to the hole because the putting green and the surface and the speed and the what people in the golf business call undulation, which is basically how hilly the the golf green and the golf course is, right, is is basically a menace. It's set up to watch golfers who are pros just get embarrassed out there. So if you can strike the ball really well on your iron plate and get it close to the hole with all that undulation, you can go a lot more low than you can having to lag out putts like, the thing that I thought was impressive when Jordan Spieth won his hmm. Masters is he was doing it off of these very, very long lag putts. Yes, so, they were like 10 to 15 footers, and he was money on them all the time, and that's basically eluded him since. Yeah, and he his putting hasn't been there, and his ball striking really hasn't been there. Justin Thomas is always one of the better ones at, at hitting the ball. Morikawa's had a down year. He hasn't been great. Um yeah, I think if I was gonna if, if I was gonna say in terms of masters play too, again in terms of majors, and I'm not a huge fan of him in terms of like him as a person, but Brooks Kepka is on another level when True. he plays in majors specifically. I, I gave this out to Portland as well just a few minutes ago. Like, I, I don't know how much you know about uh, golf, Adrian, but like Brooks Kepka is 64 shots better. Jeez. In the last six years of majors and he doesn't care than about the golf. next best performer 64 shots he goes absolutely ham when the moments are big he's already got four top 20s in his last six starts he's got three top 11 is three top 11s in his four master starts so i like him uh you can actually get pretty good value with him he's 20 to 1 um, in terms of like winning outright, but I like him to go top ten. I like more top tens, top twenties, top fives, just because like picking an outright winner is like finding a needle in a haystack. Like we might just go ahead and get like let me just pick a name out of the out of a hat. Like we might just get Harry Higgs at plus thirty five thousand. Probably not, 
But, like, yeah. we might just get, like, somebody that nobody's really checking on. And I wouldn't be, like, Francisco Molinari. Like, he's old. Like, we might just get him. Lee Westwood, we might just get him. I don't think so, but. Lee Westwood ain't winning a major Trista Crick, and you know it. No chance. Zero no chance. chance. No chance. No chance. But, like, would, let me actually think of somebody who actually could that's, like, very, What about, like, Patrick Cant- Cantley? Like, he, you're talking about putting. He was the best putter on tour last year. He kind of stole the thunder from from John Rahm and, and Bryson DeChambeau towards the end of the season. I mean, this is kind He's of an event built for one. him. He's 20 to one as well. He's like kind of like, I guess you could call it sort of like a chalky. That's like sort of a chalky play as mm. well. Like maybe a, like maybe Louis Oosthuizen. Like I would say he's very straight. He hits he's the ball there well. The last he's not day. particularly, yeah, he's not particularly long. He's been in it in contention. Like, so picking a winner mm. and hoping that that's going to be what you win money on when there's so many other, I would call it like more sharp bets out there to have i i think the the goal for this has got to be okay you're gonna pick chalky plays and a couple of long shots and you're doing it just for fun and you're putting like ten dollars on each bet and you do a certain amount for each tournament and you just bet for fun right i i would do that and then or just have a system and always bet guys that are like you know top 10 in the world and just stick with them every single tournament and then think about trends like you do with brooks in in terms of like majors but to think you can just pick one golfer, like I'm going to just place 10 bucks on this one player. Like he might be out of it tomorrow by like the seventh hole. He may, might be like have thrown up all over himself and all your money is out the window. So golf betting is hard, man. I like actually the hater bets too, like people to miss the cut. <laughs> yes. I like, I like uh, Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut. He's Ooh. a head case. I love that. I was going to ask you who, whose swing do you emulate most, and please don't say it's Bryson DeChambeau, but you've already answered that question. But I have a little bit of a – I have a creative set here uh, that you just kind of led All us right. to. Uh, it's going to be basically a, a master's version of the fornicate, marry, kill, but uh, make it master. So uh, the final group – uh, a person to make the final group, a person to miss the cut, and a person that will be killed by their own strength, a.k.a. the bread and butter aspect of their game that fails them. And so I have three groups of three. So, okay, so it's, tell me one at a time. Okay. Rory McIlroy. Jordan Spieth. Okay. Uh-huh. Bubba Watson. Bubba. Bubba. Bubba ends up uh, his own Gale ends up being the death of him. I would put him there. He's a lefty who likes to hit these fades, so he's always overly aggressive. Also, he's having to eat Hideki Matsuyama's nigiri and black cod, and like he's not built. His stomach is not built for that. Adam Scott just basically said the other day that he had the worst Masters dinner two times of anyone he's ever had. It was just like chicken and green beans and cornbread. No shade to cornbread, but like be more creative. So he could actually have, like, a bad stomach upset. And on top of that, like, I just feel he's way too overly aggressive. So I would do that. And then you say that the the first category is what now? Uh, make the final group, and then the second category is miss the cut between Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth. I think Jordan Spieth, final group. Okay. And Rory McIlroy, miss the cut. Excellent. All right, I got another set of three. We got Colin Morikawa, right. Xander Shoffley. And Dustin Johnson. Man, you are killing me here. Thank you. Let's see. I'd probably take 
Colin Morikawa to um, man, it's tough. He's not playing particularly well right now. But he's so I would put him to miss the cut. Okay. I'd add DJ to the final group. And who's the third? Xander Shoffley. Oh, Xander Shoffley. Man, Z- Xander is playing well. So I'll probably switch, actually, DJ and Xander. I like Xander's game. DJ's also one of those guys. We saw him in U.S. Open play, miss short putts. Uh, well, keep him away from one sets of, those of guys. stairs, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and keep him away from uh, uh, his wife as well. Like, she might push him down. So I would probably, I would probably go that one. No more groups, though. This is too much brain play for me. Okay, no too worries. Much. That's not a problem. Uh, just to circle back to what I kind of uh, uh, alluded to earlier, whose swing do you emulate most? Because I'm a huge, like, Tommy Fleetwood fan because he's so arabesque. Or, like, Matthew Wolf because he's self-taught. He has that little, that little knee tick that he does before he gets his swing going. Uh, what sticks out in your mind, or what do you like to watch? You know what? I actually, there was a gal that was on the, on the tour that I would emulate, uh, Indy Park. She had mm. a very slow, very, very slow uh, backswing. And that was something that I worked on for a long time. Um, I, I have like a very short backswing. Uh, nobody cares about this. But Indy Park would probably be who it is. Right on. Trista Crick, many thanks for your presence, your thoughts, and multidimensional talents, uh, virtual hand hugs to Cam and the other knuckleheads at BetMGM tonight. I will. Uh, have a great and blessed evening and show, my friend. I'll see you guys soon. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. Sounds good. That was Trista Crick, host of BetMGM tonight and the Heat Check podcast. We talk basketball mostly with her, but, you know, when the moment calls for it, we have to rely on the best caddy we know. Insider calls are brought to us by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And on the other side, more Masters Week talk and Lindsay's golf stories. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. The Playmakers. 
exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Start some drama. You don't want no drama. No, no drama. No, 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 no drama. Are we making Black Eyed Peas the official music carrier of Wednesdays? Uh, for you. For you indeed and, and for Trista. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Just not as big as a, of a fan We're as not you gonna, are. Well, I, I don't know if I'm like the most ginormous Black Eyed Peas fan, but I, I very much respect the contributions they made to the larger musical culture that we find ourselves in now. I, I think it's not quite to the to the level of like person-to-person influence that we talk about with Kid Cudi, who we commemorate each and every Monday. He's still with us. We just love him so damn much that we have to play his music every Monday. Don't scare me. But in, <laughs> but in terms of, like, uh, the fusion between hip-hop and, and, like, and some EDM and stuff, like, Will I Am was really... Uh, on the edge of, of of groundbreaking glory there for a lot of that stuff, and so I I'm I miss them a little bit. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I respect that, and I'm I'm trying to get you this vinyl. It's yeah. Very difficult to get. Which one? I'm also kind of scared. Elephant. Uh, the are you talking be- about monkey business? What are you talking about? I which, think it's which... monkey. I think it's monkey, monkey business, business. That's is available. Probably like the the original one. I'm thinking. Where's the love? Is on that one. I believe so. Oh, it's that's her. Let's get it started. Yeah. Oh, NBA dude, Finals dude. intro. And the bait keeps running, running, and running, 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 dude. For the Spurs, the Spurs Pistons NBA Finals. Extremely underrated Black Eyed Peas track. I'ma be. Just put that. I'ma be. I'ma be. Yeah, that beat goes crazy. Dude, I love most of that album. The 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 album the songs that weren't like super overplayed. But I remember in high school, junior your junior year. The day after the seniors leave, it's takeover day, right? We're officially the big people on campus. And so we make matching T-shirts. And I graduated. That signifies it. Yep. <laughs> There's nothing more official than group T-shirts. Um, I graduated high school in 2010. And so our shirts were uh, something, something, you're so 2000 and then we're so 2010. And it was a riff off of. of um, Bars! Yeah, straight up, just the it was it was a it was a hell of time for the Black Eyed Peas, and you know we're talking a lot of golf this week because it is Masters week, and honestly, a little selfishly, I want to share a lot of the golf stories that I have because golf is probably the healthiest sporting relationship I have in terms of sports that I play because it it'll that's a game that'll drive you nuts and up a wall and 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 throw some clubs in the in the pond. I've done all of these things, but it's also provided me with some of the most like chill sports memories that I have uh and and so I want to get into that but before we do I do want to play our our tiger clip here because we know that he's gonna be playing today we're gonna be uh using a selection from his 2005 final round Uh, yes this is the Nike ad one and yes it is one of the best golf shots of all time and yes we are gonna play basically the entire thing you can see him putting it back in his stance right here and picking the club up like he's going to hit right down on it. And uh, he's picked out a landing spot that is a good 25 feet above the hole. Mm. Well, here it comes. Oh, my goodness. seconds in your life have you seen anything like that nope. look at this crowd Dude, though 1.8 seconds the ball 
stood on the lip of the hole, just stood there before falling in. And granted, just like some context around, that was the 16th hole that uh, that shot took place on at Augusta. Was, that's 170-yard par three called Redbud. That's they name every hole here. Um, and Tiger was like right up against the the next cut of grass just off the green because you're supposed to hit it like very close to the pit if it's a par three, right? And so he doesn't get it on the green. He's right on the on the fringe and then right next to the next cut of the grass, which is very thick rough. It was like U.S. Open type of rough, which you don't usually see at, at Augusta. But it was literally one of the greatest shots we've ever seen. Just, you know, chips it to the left, like they said, you know, 15-something feet, and then it rolls down. One of the most dramatic moments. And the funny thing is, he made that shot, and then he had a two-shot lead going into the final two holes. He bogeys both of those. And just messes up. No, he wins it in a playoff. But the fact that, like, that moment was almost erased by the fact that he choked it away. Yeah. You know, it, it, that's Tiger. And, and Could have been like Kansas. Uh, yeah, and that, he'll he'll walk you right up to the edge of humanity, and sometimes he'll fall over, and sometimes he'll show you something that you've never seen before. And so that that's why that's the Nike commercial. We all know that that um, celebration, and, and it's so synonymous with golf in my mind because Tiger is golf. That's what we grew up with. And so – um, when it comes to my high school memory, I'm prepared to share today very quickly. Um, we always had the Forest Lake Invitational, which is where my dad's family hails from, but I went to Irondale High School. And so my little sister played for the Forest Lake golf team. She's about three, four years younger than me. So every year we'd have a Monday, we played 18 holes at this golf course, which my grandpa founded. It's my favorite golf course in the world, Forest Hills Golf Club. And we would have a sleepover the night before. How much we slept, very little. But we did it for all four years. And we had, like, you know, driver battles on hole five against their top golfer, me and Betsy Kelly, just seeing who can hit the further drive. Oh, like, she's Betsy. an actual professional golfer now. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm just out here like, I'm going to swing a big stick and see where it ends up. And that's all I really had. But being out there at, like, three in the morning when you know that you're going to be teeing off from that very tee box in four hours, like – just looking at the moon, being young, there's nothing like it. Team sports are one thing. Golf team sports, though, that's a whole different kit and caboodle, and we got a whole nother hour of it on the other side of the break. Loving forward to that. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.